0: One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get
1: up up your ass and get up on the
0: All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm here with someone who is a, uh, a past guest on the show, but we're in a very different context here. Uh, the last time this guest was on the podcast, we were talking about a, a band, and now we're talking about a solo project. And there's a lot to get into, so I think the best way to start this off is, as always, for the guest to introduce himself and give a bit of background about uh, what it is you do as an artist.
1: Hey, I'm uh, Ben Rush. I was the uh, drummer and uh, one of the founding members of a Winnipeg prog band called uh, Providence. And uh, we did an album. And uh, as we talked about last time, uh, we did the album, and uh, of course, the COVID hit, and we went into pandemic lockdown, and uh, we were planning to do uh, shows and stuff, and everything kind of fell by the wayside. And uh, so, basically, w- what happened was I was I was stuck in a studio with a bunch of gear, no band, and uh, no chance of getting out and, and touring and and, and promoting this new album that we did with Providence. So, you know, I started off by feeling kind of sorry for myself, and <laughs> spent a bunch of time in front of the TV with the cats watching Star Trek and Star Wars, thinking, okay, you know, eventually I'll get out of my rut, but uh, I didn't. <laughs> it was a long winter and uh, I thought, you know, I've got all this gear downstairs. Why the hell don't I go downstairs to the studio? Because the studio's in my house. That's convenient. Why not? Right? Why don't I go downstairs and uh, see if I can figure the shit out and and see if I can do something with it? So the first thing I did, uh, like when when everything went down, my bass player moved to PEI. My guitar player, we're a three piece band. Yeah. My guitar player uh, was was doing his own thing or whatever, but uh, I reached out to my bass player, who was our, our recording engineer with Providence and everything, and I said, hey. If I start messing around with this stuff, am I going to break anything? And he says, "Hell no, no, no! Just go down there and just start mucking around with it and see see what you come up with." Yeah. So I thought, ah, oh, dude, that's that's awesome. Okay, so I I went downstairs and I opened up the door and, and like i've been a, surrounded by all this gear for so long but i never had the nerve to to touch it because i was the the drummer guy
0: yeah yeah you're right? at the back so i would yeah yeah
1: yeah I'd hang out of the back and and uh you know i wouldn't worry about it because todd was going to look after recording everything todd was going to look after mixing everything and everything like i, I didn't have anything to worry about it just bring down another bag of chips and some more beers for the boys and you know like let's let's have a, a pleasant visit um so anyway, I'm I'm confronted with all this technology and stuff and I'm like, holy shit, like how where do I even begin? So I I just started noodling around with it. Luckily, I had uh, uh, a DAW that was user-friendly and and intuitive. Okay. So, okay, you open up a track and you know, turn on a synthesizer and run it through the mixing board and see what happens and stuff started happening. It's like, whoa, this is this is not as hard as I thought it was going to be. And uh, part of it was uh, laying down a drum track and then, okay, so drumming is what I do. So drum track, the hard part was synthesizers. I'm not a keyboard player. I'm not a guitar player. I'm not a bass player. So that was kind of, you know, whistle or hum the thing that you want to hear. And yeah. then hopefully you can find the, find the notes on the keyboard, right? But uh, that, that was my process back then. And, and it kind of really still is. And uh, I haven't looked back. Like, uh, I, I kind of found my niche. I, w- one of the things I was doing was, like, with with uh, the stuff that I'm doing now, really uh, I'm passionate about because, like, uh, as much as I like prog music, I'm, I'm even more into, uh, like, synthesizer kind of industrial yeah. kind of stuff. So it, it really struck a chord with me that I was able to kind of pull it off to some extent, anyway, you know, to, to create this music that I'm doing now, so that's that's where I'm at right now. Is uh, and and uh, it, it seems like I've I've met with some degree of success with that. So that I'm I'm really happy about that because ultimately all I was doing was uh, creating music that I wanted to hear. You know, music that I like to listen to. That's what I was creating as as best I could. Yeah. And uh, other people are digging it, so that's that's really cool.
0: As a drummer, did um, do you find that this music that you've created now is very um, like beat and rhythm heavy, just because you have that background um, where that's been sort of your main instrument uh, until now?
1: It is beat heavy, uh, but surprisingly, uh, a lot of the stuff is is uh, like programmed drums. And, right, and a lot of people are thinking, "What? What are you doing? You know, like you're a drummer. Why? Why are you doing that?" Um, and and. Like all cards on the table, like like I'm not a, a like a virtuoso musician or anything. I, I play in a prog band. It's very demanding, but uh, what's even more demanding in the kind of music that I'm doing is that I need drums that have to be like clockwork, and I, I don't have that precision of meter to play along with an arpeggiator or a sequencer and that kind of thing. So it's sure it's more it 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 makes more sense for me to to program it and line it up with. The uh, the other programming and stuff to make it work more efficiently. Uh, there are tunes that I've done that uh, are me playing the drums, like the song Redacted. That's me on the drums. Like there's no arpeggiators, there's no um, uh, programmed drums. I'm using a uh, a Roland uh, V kit. Okay. So that save that saved me the trouble of actually miking my, my acoustic kit.
0: Yeah, you just plug it uh, right in.
1: I likely- Exactly. Um, At at some point, I'll probably tackle uh, miking the entire drum kit at some point and and doing the hybrid acoustic electronic thing with the drum kit, but uh, my proist in the studio isn't at that point just yet, so I'll likely learn how to do that, sort of start experimenting, and then maybe tackle that at some point in the future. But right now, it's just just way easier for me to use my Roland uh, V-Kit and and record the the drum bits that I want to do, and then add my synths on top of that.
0: Okay. Well, fair enough. Um, so you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, and I was going to bring this up too: is that the industrial kind of vibe to a lot of this? And a lot of this is is th- that's definitely the the kind of the genre that, that jumped out at me when listening to to some of your stuff. Um, what is that? How long have you been into that kind of music? Like, has that always been something that you've been uh, a fan of?
1: Yeah, you know, um, when I was a kid, uh, the first tune of, of like the, uh, I was listening to the, uh, the pioneers of that stuff. Like the first time I heard Gary Newman play, uh, the song metal from the, the album, the pleasure principle that was back in 1980, yeah I was, uh, I was a young kid, but I was absolutely, absolutely blown away by this guy because he sounded unlike anything that was out there. He sounded so futuristic, so out there, so cool it was like man this this guy has got something going on i don't know what it is but it is like it gives me goosebumps on my arms like when i hear this stuff cuz it's so cool it's so the sounds he's using and stuff uh, the the industrial aspect kind of happened much later uh, probably 10 15 years later when uh, bands like skinny puppy and totally. and uh, front frontline assembly front 242 and it's like hearing what they're doing with the, with synthesizers and stuff, and particularly uh, Nine Inch Nails, where they would incorporate. It, it it's kind of like if if you look at it from a cinematic standpoint, and and I, I'm going on a tangent here, but bear it. with me. It's it's like if you watch uh, like vintage Star Trek movies, okay? okay, movies, not not the cheesy TV series or anything, which I love, but anyway. Uh, everything has got a very clean aesthetic. Everything's tidy. Nothing's filthy. Everything's very cool and tidy. Then you then you watch a movie like Alien or Star Wars, and and you look in the background, and computers are kind of beat up and yeah. mashed up, and there's dirt and there's grime and there's and and that's what that's the the aesthetic, the oral aesthetic that Nine Inch Nails brought to the table. It got rid of this clean. Uh, sanitized synthesizer kind of vibe and introduced something angry and dirty and and gritty and grungy yeah and it was it was absolutely brilliant it it took what gary newman was doing um in the in the 70s and and kind of brought it up to a a, a more modern more almost dystopian kind of feel which which really opened my eyes too and 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 it still does like i i know that Nine inch nails kind of fell by the wayside, like like they're not irrelevant, but you know they've 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 had their heyday, and, yeah. and now they're you know doing movie soundtracks and stuff, which which is something I think is incredibly cool. Um, but their their stamp on my uh, approach to writing music has remained. Yeah, you know, yeah, that kind of that kind of adding that bit of dirt to it. So uh, like. A song like "Redacted" for me is is kind of like a, almost like a punk, like Motorhead kind of tune, but it's it's all synthesizers.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do
1: you know what I mean? Like like it's got this grungy, dirty, smack you upside the head kind of thing. It's got the immediate primitivism as 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 punk music has, but it's all synthesizers and it's all synthetic and and very much in a. Uh, I don't know, kind of matrix kind of world kind of deal.
0: Yeah, I, I, like, I like what you're saying about the, like the computers and Alien and things like that, too, as having that similar kind of aesthetic. Because I think you're right. I think it's, it's taking something that is, is super, um, you know, very clean and, and then just dirtying it right up to the point where it almost makes something very very machine-like but also very human. Like that punk thing is about as human as you can get, where it's just all emotion and all, all raw power. And, and then you pair that with something that's very mechanical and, and, and robotic, and it definitely comes up with something, something unique for sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I think uh, it's fair to say that uh, when you when you look at a lot of the stuff that I'm doing with NeuroShock, uh, that you you can hear punk in it. You can hear industrial music in it. You can hear uh, '80s new wave. Yeah. Uh, you can you can hear Motorhead in it, uh, but there's also uh, an angle of. Uh, Cinematogra uh, cinematography and, and, uh, like m- m- uh, movie soundtrack kind of thing going on too. Um, which, which I'm a huge fan of, of, uh, like when, when I watch movies and I, and I'm, I mean, it's probably pretty obvious that I, that I'm a huge sci-fi fan. I think when, when you listen to my music you can get sort of that vibe and, and some of the samples I've pulled from movie soundtracks yeah. that, that show up in, in some of the bits, um, are, are an homage to that. Um, but uh, when, when you hear some of the, uh, the themes and, and where I'm going with some of the music, it's like, oh, yeah, this guy has spent a lot of time watching science fiction films, and he's been paying attention to the soundtracks and whatnot. And uh, you, you can hear that in, in the music that, that I'm creating. Is that something and, you do uh,
0: deliberately though or is that something that just kind of subconsciously comes into the music because you've watched so many of these movies and you've sort of absorbed the uh, the soundtracks
1: I, I think very much it was sort of an osmosis thing um, when i when I watch a science fiction film and you look at the uh, the cinematography you look at the sets you look at the the feel of the piece the set like like the production design the art design of a film and and for me, uh, I start hearing musical themes in my own head. Not necessarily the soundtrack of the film, but what would I do? Yeah. What would I do with this kind of thing? And um, I, I start thinking about it, and then I come downstairs to the studio, and I think, okay, what what sounds come to mind? What what sound design? What what noises can I create that would sort of uh, tip of the hat to to that kind of a, a visual feel yeah right so you you have a a, a a picture on your television screen you're watching it what what message is that giving me as a musician musically right w- without regard to you know the the composer of the original soundtrack what 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 am i hearing uh as sound design when I go downstairs and think of this film or whatever, or, or the feeler, an emotion the film has uh, elicited from me,
0: yeah,
1: to to create music, and and that's I'm rambling a bit, but no, it's kind of my it's kind of my train of thought. It it it's a it's a very complex jumbled kind of machine that works in my head. But uh, like like visual triggers are very strong with me. Like I can look at an object and think what is this object saying to me visually and and how can I translate that that visual thing to to an oral thing like a like a soundscape of some kind and these soundscapes are the starting point for for a lot of my tracks yeah. you know like liminal spaces or uh, critical mass which is about somebody just losing it like being pushed to the the absolute limit and it's a very dark sound um, but that's you know like where where do these these feelings come from and 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 you know like what imaginations like i i, I do like to explore that you know the, these the, the darker side of things because <laughs> and and this may come to a surprise to you to you but um lots of times when uh like it's a weekend and it's you know, like just relaxing and stuff like that what do i listen to i don't listen to this dark shit like i don't listen to my own stuff like i'd rather listen to some like totally traditional Mexican mariachi music you know it's it's happy it's cheerful it's like wow this is great so I'm gonna have a couple of beers eat some enchiladas have a good time (laughs) listen to this mariachi band and then later later in the week I'm gonna sit downstairs and just enter into like the darkest side of of human character kind of thing and and I think the, the the two keep me balanced that like like emotionally you've got the that balance and then you've got the uh the the, the film or the object or the whatever visual translation in your head to to uh, like an oral landscape kind of thing
0: yeah. I almost think we'd be better off if we could hear more of how different people would soundtrack pieces of of, of film or, or video. Just because I think everyone, when they see something without sound, they have their own kind of uh, mental image, I guess, of, of what that scene sounds like. I don't know if you're familiar with local um, jazz guitarist Keith Price, but he did a, uh, a new soundtrack for The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly that he hadn't seen the movie before, and he he, he wrote a complete new soundtrack and performed it live, and it, <laughs> a lot of it was uh, improvised. It's a jazz thing, and it, it's so cool. It's one of the coolest local records I have, just because it's... Compl- I mean, I'm so familiar with that soundtrack because I've seen the movie a hundred times, and just hearing this yeah. completely, like out there take on it by someone who is experiencing it for the first time and i love the idea of that i just sort of like this is what's in someone else's head when they're seeing this 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 piece of art
1: right yeah that's exactly it that uh you gotta send me the link to that by the i way. will i definitely will it's great yeah <laughs> that yeah. sounds really cool that yeah that sounds really really cool yeah and and that's that's kind of my take i but i, I i've never felt like i've had the um the uh, virtuosity the, the you know the, the technical skill uh, like like I'm kind of a one trick pony like with my drum kit and stuff like that but uh, with neuroshock I I had a a very clear idea of what I wanted to do and and so it's been a, a lot of work learning how to use a doll, learning how to master music and mix music and stuff like that even with my hearing the way it's absolutely butchered from years and years of playing the drums right yeah 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 um, but uh, it, like I, I love that idea of of uh, uh, taking a film and that you've you've seen or whatever and, and doing your own soundtrack or or a movie you haven't seen yeah. and doing a soundtrack to it and that kind of thing um, for me uh, like the the visual part is is uh uh Kind of like a building block, right? Like you, you have ideas in your head. Uh, like, like I said, like if I could be flicking through uh, an art book, yeah, one of those tash, those tashin art books. Of uh, it could be, it could be uh, a perfect example. Would be uh, uh, Hieronymus Bosch or H.R. Uh, Giger.
0: Okay, you know, you
1: look at his artwork and it's like, okay, this this is, this stuff's crazy. And if you look at Giger, the first thing you think of is Alien.
0: Of course. Yeah, so yeah. it's
1: going to be creepy and weird and stuff, and and with uh, the Bosch, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing too, but you don't have that uh, frame of reference that you do with the Giger with with Alien. So you're kind of on your own. So what kind of hellish landscape are you going to create with your with your soundscapes, you know, and and uh, with with uh, for example um, Critical Mass, uh, there was there was two things. One one thing with critical mass, the the track critical mass, was uh, a friend of mine said uh, on on Facebook. They she sent me a note saying, "Hey, are you aware that NASA was able to uh, take the sound uh, of a black hole?" And I said, "Well, there's no sound in space." Yeah. But what they did was they they extrapolated waveforms, you know, like uh, electromagnetic pulses coming from this black hole and they kind of transmogrified it by you know like obviously taking it out of the realm of the unheard uh electromagnetic spectrum into uh an aural spectrum where you could actually hear something cool and and you know like some software and blah 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 blah. this is what it would sound like if if you could hear a black hole and you know there's a, a lot of extrapolation but uh, one of the things that I got on, my, on some of my studio software was the software that provided that sound. And it's like, Oh hell yeah. <laughs> I, I can totally do something with that. Yeah,
0: for sure. A Black
1: hole, right? What goes in a black hole stays in a black hole. <laughs> right. But uh, so like, what the hell am I going to do with this really weird sound? So I had this challenge. Hey, can you do a tune with this weird noise? I'm like, fuck, yeah, I could, I could totally do that. You know, like, I, I can figure something out. And it's like, wow, like, you know, to, to quote Spinal Tap, a black hole, like, like it's none more black, <laughs> right? None more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so it's got to be a pretty dark tune. So so critical mass became that really dark tune of of somebody just kind of being pushed to their critical mass point where they totally lose it. And and it's not a violent tune, but it, it's certainly dark. It's got a real vibe to it. And it's got this black hole noise to it. That's and cool. and that was the start that was the starting point for the whole track was what am I gonna do with this really dark sound, this really you know, the end of the universe, literally, kind of noise and, and mystery and, and scariness and everything else. What am yeah. I gonna do with it? And and so Critical Mass was the <laughs> The end result of that one. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> what is um? What is sort of the, the the next step with this then? I mean, I know obviously you could be in in your studio here recording music forever and putting out releases, but is this something that you want to sort of turn into more of a uh, like immersive kind of uh, audiovisual thing, or, or are you are you content just sort of releasing music as you are now? Uh, there
1: there is an audiovisual aspect to it because almost all of the tunes almost all of the tunes i do uh come with a video right and and i put them up onto youtube and uh, i do that uh in in lieu of gigging which which i, I don't know if i can gig you know like because the, the the tunes are uh sonically complicated i i i think if i sat down and figured it out i could probably figure it out but at this point I, I just don't have the bandwidth to, to yeah. figure it out I, I, I want to keep creating tunes so I, I, for now in the foreseeable future uh, it'll be a studio gig and uh, in in the near future I'm already working on album number two like okay. I'm, I'm already uh, a couple of tracks in and you know just tweaking and stuff like that in fact before this uh, call uh, with you, This evening I was noodling around with uh, some stuff that's untitled just yet, but just kind of mucking around with uh, some stuff. Uh, I have uh, the intention to do uh, an EP uh, of tunes that have uh, a decidedly 80s kind of vibe to it, like uh, the the track Memory Oxide and the track You Are Liquid didn't make it onto the album Reactance Bias, Uh, for that very reason because they had a a very 80s vibe to it I have a couple more tracks that have an 80s vibe to it so I I expect at some point in the future I'll likely release that as an EP and as a tip of the hat to what we discussed earlier uh, listening to uh, these old Gary Newman records like like The Pleasure Principle and Telecon and and Replicas and stuff like that which were enormously formative to, to what I'm doing today um, and I, and I couldn't just let it go by without some kind of an homage, you know, to, to that, you know, cause you got the synthesizer with all these great sounds on it. It's like, Hey, this sounds like Gary Newman yeah, yeah. when he did this song or that song. It's like, well, I got to do a, a track that's, that's employing some of these sounds because I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things. It, it's, it's stuff you grew up with. It's, it's like the kid who, uh, you know, listened to Metallica his entire life and decided, yeah, I'm going to out this kick-ass metal tune that you know sounds a bit like you know Dyer's eve or, or, or whatever you know what i mean
0: yeah it's, it's or, something or, stuff that stays with you right it's it's something that's so embedded in your kind of like musical vocabulary just because of the the, the time and place when you first heard it i think everyone has that they have so, uh, an artist or an album or, or a bunch of albums that that really stick with them and you can't get rid of it like it's just sort of embedded in your dna and that sounds like what that's what this is for you
1: that's exactly right. And uh, like, like cursed or not, I'm, I'm stuck with a whole pile of uh, genres that I grew up with yeah. that aren't, aren't typically found t- living together in the same ecosystem. You know, like, I love Motorhead. I like uh, the Dead Kennedys. I like Rush. I like Genesis and King Crimson. And I like Nine Inch Nails and Gary Newman and Ultra Fox and, and all these other bands. You know, but none of them, like, it's like, what? How can you be into Ultra Box and, and be into, you know, the Dead Kennedys? Or, or, like, what's wrong with you? You know, it's like, well, <laughs> it, it's my shtick, you know? I, like and, and I'm a huge goth fan. I love goth music, like Clan of Zymox and Sisters of Mercy and stuff yeah. like that. Love, I love the vibe. I love that feel. And uh, for me as a musician, you know, as, as a drummer, <laughs> should make that distinction, <laughs> Uh I, I have a huge breadth of uh, influences that I draw upon very regularly. And, and I think that is is a big part of what keeps uh, my stuff imaginative and, and fresh uh, to some extent, as, as much as it can be for, for the lack of my ability um, when I'm laying down tracks and stuff, is that I'm drawing upon all these hugely diverse influences to, to create music.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Disconnect me. I could be real.
0: Well, the good thing about this uh being a podcast too is i know you said you're working on new stuff and and by the time someone hears this uh you know maybe they'll hear it the day it comes out maybe they'll hear it a year from now and by then who knows what kind of stuff you've released um but where can people find what you have out now i mean i know you mentioned you have youtube videos what's the best way to sort of track down your music uh, at this point in time well at
1: this point in time. Uh my preferred thing is Bandcamp because the artist gets a better cut of, of things, and, and what Spotify is doing to artists these days is is pretty horrible. Yeah, it's brutal. Huh? Uh, you will, f- you will find my music on Spotify. You'll find it on Apple Music, Deezer, Pandora, like all the major streaming services. You'll find it there. Um, but Bandcamp, uh, they they still have some ethos of fairness towards the musician, and they they know without artists, they have nothing. So yeah. uh, it they, they seem to treat uh, artists uh, a lot better. Uh, Spotify, uh, they I think they have the lowest return for artists of, of pretty much any of the major uh, streaming services. Yeah, I think I saw a chart and, and they were
0: right at the bottom with like 0.0000, 000 something cents. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, their audio fidelity doesn't come close to uh, f- uh, streaming services like Tidal, for instance, sure. or, or even Apple, even Apple Music. So, but you can you can find my music on all those things. And on December the 11th uh, this month, um, the album uh, "The Reactance to Bi- uh, Bias" will be uh, released on, on all those pra- platforms as well. So uh, for now, you can get it on Bandcamp. Um, my uh, the one single uh, that I did a video uh uh trash head is on is on uh youtube right now as a, cool. as a new video along with pretty much all the other tracks that i've done uh have videos with it um and then uh with with react Bias, uh there's there's three more uh, as yet unreleased tracks uh one is called discard me i am a lie one is called um trash head and the other one is called uh Engineer to fail Okay. And and these tracks will be available on the on the new album as a package. Uh, as I that'll be released on the 11th of December. As I embark on i creating more music for the, for the Neuroshock next album. Cool. I, I don't have a title for it yet.
0: Cool. Well, um, the good thing is this will come out uh, shortly after that. So it already by the time people hear this, it'll already be out. They can get it on whatever platform that they want to get it on. Um, and yeah. As far as finding out what you're up to, you know, when it comes to new singles or or maybe a new a new EP like you, like you mentioned, where can people follow you online?
1: Uh, the best place right now is uh, either Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, I had a website uh, it was proving to be a bit expensive and it was the, the old Providence website I had a, okay. uh, a sub page with my stuff on it uh, but but Providence uh, sadly is, has uh, you know kind of faded from uh, the, the spotlight a bit uh, I encourage anybody who likes prog-, prog Rock to go check it out because it, it, there's some cool stuff it is, it's pretty indulgent and weird and whatever <laughs> you've heard it I it's, have so yeah strange. it's good yeah I like it yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, But uh, this new stuff, uh, at at some point I'll probably do a a website and and put up more material on there. But for now, uh, you can get updates on news on Manitoba Music. I have a profile on Manitoba Music. Uh, YouTube, uh, Instagram, and and, uh, Facebook are probably the the three best places. I left uh, Twitter... Probably six months ago, when it started to look like it was going to turn into a cesspool of nastiness, and it it is that. It is that now. Yeah, Yeah. it was like check, please. (laughs) I'm out of here. (laughs) No thanks. So uh, it it hasn't caused me to suffer at all. So uh, like Facebook seems to be working out very well. And uh, the the really great thing about Facebook, I I just gotta say this. Um, Facebook has uh, an amazing. Uh, community of, of musicians like, like Winnipeg uh, doesn't have much of an electronic music scene and what they call a, uh, an electronic music scene is mostly DJs doing remixes and DJs doing their thing and, but, it, but it's not the, the actual creators of, of the electronic music it, there's, there's none of that kind of a scene so there's, there's kind of a grey area between the DJs and the electronic music and, and the technology is blurring the lines a little bit Right between these two factions, but like for for a real electronic scene, and I, and I don't know how to describe my music, like industrial electro, industrial. I I don't know, whatever it's noise. So um, there there if there's a difficult uh uh labeling issue that's going on here, what what do you call it, right? Like electronic music or DJing or whatever. But what Facebook. Uh, has been doing that—that that really works—is that you—you you encounter either like-minded people. Like I found uh, two other bands in Winnipeg that uh, have been really supportive. One is Lost Cause Industry. Uh, I'd urge you to check those guys out too. Well, it's it's a, he's, he's a single guy like myself, right. uh, like 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 a solo artist. That's what I mean. Um, and Plains Desperate Symphony, uh, two two local winnipeg acts that are uh like they seem to be like solo guys like me you know going into their basements or wherever wherever their studio is and and making weird noises and stuff like that and having a good time with it they've been enormously supportive and uh not just those guys but like in a worldwide thing there's there's been a pile of people on facebook creating these communities that are just unbelievable so we're there was a time when I felt, geez, you know, I kind of feel like I'm the only guy making weird noises in his basement. And it's like, no, man, like there's, there's hundreds of other dudes all over the world in their basements making weird noises. And some of these noises are friggin' fantastic. Like there's this, this band in Germany called that sfumato effect. And and they've been hugely supportive that following my stuff and, and like trading gossip and, talking about music and stuff like that, which has been enormously uh, gratifying for me and, and, and validating for me because I've, I've never felt really validated as a musician other than a guy who gets behind the drum kit and makes a hell of a noise and does his prog noise stuff. Yeah. And, and now now I've, I've found this community this tribe of of like-minded people It's it's been pretty spectacular i've i've really liked it and, uh, another one is uh arcane synthetic and and uh i think they're from australia same thing like like just a, a terrific community of people where you can bounce off ideas and and stuff like that and yeah you know like uh i i typically tend to wall myself up and and try to isolate myself so that the ideas I come up with are, are pretty pure. They're pure me, right? But I I am keen to hear you know little little bits and tidbits of what what other people are up to and and stuff like that. Um, and uh, uh, one that comes to mind is a, a band called Clank from Paris, France. Brilliant stuff. Like they they have this one track called Poudre. And uh, they're they're French, obviously. So like, the the song is in French and stuff. And, and uh, regrettably, I I don't remember enough of my high school French to understand the lyrics. But like sonically, like brilliant stuff. And I wish these guys would be all in Winnipeg so I could hang out, go for a coffee with them. And <laughs> well, you know, I, you know what? I mean?
0: I think the good thing is the good thing. Uh, just over the course of doing this show for like a decade, that I've, uh, there are other people in Winnipeg, and I'm going to send you some links after we finish talking that are doing similar things. Uh, but they're it's the same deal, right? Yes. They're they're in a basement, they're making crazy music, and it's maybe not getting heard by the right people. But uh, I think that that's kind of um, one, definitely one of the benefits of the internet is you find you find your people. But uh, yeah, so it's, I'm, I'm glad you're doing this, and people should definitely check out uh, what. you're 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 up to.
1: Thank